This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Well, hey, this morning we are going to talk about a topic that we believe uh, here at Elevate Church, and it is called the power of agreement. And uh, we believe that there is a Holy Spirit power in being in agreement with God and what the Word of God says about our life and our future. And so we're going to dive into the Word today, and we're going to look at what agreement with God really looks like. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 30 says this, How could one person chase a thousand of them, and two people then put 10,000 to flight? This verse is talking about the idea of what we can do in our own self, what we can do in our own strength, and what we can do in our own power. But there's a power that comes when we are in agreement with God and we connect our lives to Jesus and we allow his supernatural grace and his supernatural power to be in, in, in unison with us and moving us forward. A lot of times... Things in the kingdom of God don't always typically make perfect sense. It's like uh, when our kids went back to school a couple years ago, they started coming home with math problems. And they would read the math problems to us, and we just couldn't understand the math. And we ended up finding out it's called new math. You get the same result, but it was a new way of doing things. And we just couldn't understand it. And a lot of times in the kingdom of God, God is moving us and God is wanting us to partner with him in ways that it doesn't make sense to our natural mind. It doesn't make sense to our intellect. It doesn't make sense to how we perceive the world. And so God will change things up and kind of like new math, God will ask us to get into agreement with him in a way that doesn't make sense to our natural mind at all. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, it says this, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. What a verse for the season in the time that we are in in the earth. Are you weary, carrying heavy burdens, carrying heavy thoughts, carrying heavy weights, carrying heavy feelings, heavy thoughts about the future and the unknown parts of the future. We don't even know what school is going to look like two months from now. We're carrying heavy weights and burdens. But Jesus says, come to me. And this is his promise to us then. He says, I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. An oasis is a body of water that you find in the middle of a desolate, dry, hard, geographical area. And sometimes in life, we find ourselves in these hard, dry, tough seasons of life. And Jesus says, I'm going to come and refresh you And I'm going to be the oasis for you. Verse 29, simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest in me. 
for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, in the NLT says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burdens I give you are light. Sometimes we're dealing with heaviness and we're dealing with things that are very hard to carry and they're burdens to carry. I actually have a list here this morning of 10 things in life that are considered the toughest 10 things that we'll ever go through in life. Number one is raising kids. If you're a parent and you have children, doesn't matter if they're little, if they're older, when you're a parent, you're always a parent and you'll always have to take care of your children and love your children and lead your children. But if you're a parent, you know and understand that being a parent can be hard, it can be stressful, it can be a burden. Number two is this, traumatic events, things that happened when we were growing up that were hard or traumatic or, or maybe even the current events that we're going through can be very traumatic. There's moments in life that we have, you know, high moments on top of the mountain, but then there's moments that we find ourselves in the valley. Divorce. Unfortunately, many of you and many in our congregation understand the pain of going through a divorce and going through a marriage and a relationship that's broken and fractured. Number four is debt and financial problems. Number five is relationship issues with family, neighbors, people on social media. Good Lord, social media. Number six is this, the death of a close family member or friend. Number seven, a major injury or illness. Number eight, marriage problems which I want to just give a shout out to all the marriages in our church. The Lord's really been laying that heavy on my heart again. Uh, we're going to be doing a class this fall, probably an online class, but uh, me and Jess, we're going to speak into marriages and we're going to speak into your lives and hopefully bring some healing and restoration for you, for you who are going through problems in your marriage. Number nine, is this a job, a boss that's tough to work for? Number 10, a failure. Maybe there was a moment that you went through a really tough season in life and something failed. In all this, Jesus says what? Come to me. Come to me. He says, I'm going to be your refreshment and I'm going to be your oasis. In the verse 29, it said this, simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and discover that I'm gentle. What is the Lord speaking to us? The Lord is speaking to us that in all of these areas of life, all these heavy burdens, all these heavy things that we're processing and we're trying to understand, we're trying to understand what's happening in society, we're trying to understand what's happening in the world with the virus, we're trying to understand the political climate that we live in, we're trying to understand what's happening with our jobs, we're trying to understand raising kids in our marriage, and we're trying to understand pains of the past, we're trying to understand how to cope and deal with all this. And Jesus says this, I need you to come next to me and join your life. The Lord's not saying just join your life to me on Sunday mornings. The Lord's not just saying join your life to me when things are good. 
The Lord's saying, I need you to join your life, join your marriage to me, join your job to me, join raising your kids to me, and I'll teach you my ways, and I'll help you as long as you're in agreement with me, I'll be in agreement with you, and I'll give you my wisdom, which will feel like rest. It'll feel like an oasis. Just the other day, um, me and Jess, we were in the car and we we're talking and we have three children. We have a oldest, Michael is 15, Ben it's 10 and Luke that's five. And we're in all kinds of different seasons of life as it relates to young ones, to older ones. And we were talking about our middle son, Ben. And the Lord spoke something to my wife, Jessica, about Ben. And she told me, she said, you know, the Lord told me the other day, I just need to hug Ben more, that he needs more affirmation, that he needs more gentleness. See, the Lord understands all of our children. He understands your children. He understands how they're wired. He understands what causes them to act crazy or causes them to have tremendous joy and love. The Lord knows and understands how to take care of them. And the Lord says, join to me, join those problems, join those burdens, join those worries, give them to me. Talk to the Lord. Talk to him about what you're burdened about. Talk to him about what you can't understand and what you can't process. And he says, I'll be a place of rest because you'll come to me and I'll give you my wisdom, my thoughts, my agenda, maybe different than what you're currently doing, but I have wisdom and I have thoughts and I'll help you in this season and in this time because God is the God of all seasons time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So meaning this, that God doesn't change, his word doesn't change, his truth doesn't change, and his character and nature doesn't change, and it never changes regardless of the climate and the situations and the circumstances we're at in the world or in our personal life. He says, if you're burdened, you're carrying a heavy load, come to me. Come close to me. Number two is this. Simply join your life to mine. Jesus is saying, come, join all of your life with me, and I'll teach you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, it's the NLT. It says this. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. Uh, we're going to put a picture of what a yoke is, because I know a lot of times we read the Bible and we have these words and we don't quite understand exactly what that word means, but this is a picture of a yoke. And this is a picture of two oxens that have been yoked together. This wooden yoke brings them together. They are tied at the head together to go in the same direction. Let me give you some information about what a yoke is. And you, Matt, you can just keep that picture up. It says this in the dictionary. It says, a yoke is a wooden frame which two animals, such as an oxen, are coupled at the neck for the purposes of pulling a heavy load. So Jesus says this, for my yoke. He is intending for our life to be yoked with his life, for 
our neck to be tied to his neck, our thoughts to be tied to his thoughts, that we are tied, we are joined together, okay? For the purposes of what? Carrying heavy loads. Remember what Jesus said. He said, if you are heavy burdened, if you have a heavy load you're carrying, if you have things you don't understand, if you have pressure, anxieties, worries, fears, he says, come to me, yoke with me, so that we can carry this burden together. It also says this, these two animals work side by side in order to carry out the heavy load, a load that one cannot do on its own. If the load is not too heavy, then a yoke is not needed. I don't know if you've realized or understood yet that this life is hard to live on our own. I was talking to Jess the other day, and I told her, I said, I can't imagine living through this season and time in the earth without the Lord. What a heavy burden, what a heavy load, what a heavy thing to carry. So the Lord desires for us to not carry any load in this life on our own, but to do it together with him. It goes on to say this, a yoke makes it impossible to do things on your own. And this is where, for many people, they like the idea of Jesus, they don't like the idea of being joined and tied together with Jesus. I like the idea of Jesus on Sunday mornings. I like the idea of, you know, I have a little bit of Jesus on Sunday mornings and maybe I'll sprinkle in a nice little worship song during the week or I'll throw up a, you know, Hail Mary prayer, you know, to God about something that I'm maybe thinking about, but I'm really not interested in being yoked together with him. See, Jesus said this, I'll help you carry the burdens of life but you're going to have to connect yourself to me. We're going to have to be yoked together so that we can do this together. It also says this. Typically, a young, untrained oxen is yoked with an older trained oxen. The younger learns from the older. If the trained oxen can pull 5,000 pounds and an untrained oxen can pull 2,000 pounds, well, together, they can actually carry 10,000 pounds. Again, math that doesn't make sense, okay? If I just take 5,000 and 2,000, I get 7,000. But somehow, when the two oxens are together and working together, they're able to carry a much heavier load. They're actually able to carry 10,000. And this is what God does. God goes, I know in your flesh and I know in your wisdom and I know in your ability, you're really not able to carry much. But when you're connected to me, you're connected to the Holy Spirit, you're gonna be able to do more than you could ever hope, dream, or imagine. It says this, over time, the untrained oxen becomes Trained. Trained. So what is Jesus telling us? 
that over time being connected to Jesus, being tied to Jesus, we will become trained. Trained to what? To think like Jesus thinks. To act as Jesus thinks. To have attitudes as Jesus would have attitudes. To be full of the fruit of the Spirit. To be full of joy and peace and patience and kindness. Love. It says, over time, the untrained oxen becomes trained and the two begin to walk in step together. And at that point, they can pull 15,000 pounds. So we went from 7,000 pounds in the natural. That makes sense. We take 5,000 and 2,000, we get 7,000. But even the untrained oxen tied to the older oxen can pull 10,000 pounds. But the truth is this, is that when we get tied to Jesus and we walk with Jesus and we walk with the word of God and the word starts to get into our minds and it starts changing our perspectives and Jesus and the Holy Spirit start leading and guiding the impressions of our mind and our heart. That's something I pray every day, every morning. I say, Lord, I pray that you would guide my thoughts. You would guide the impressions into my heart that I wouldn't be led by fear. I wouldn't be led by anxiety. I wouldn't be led by the, the thoughts the world, but that'd be led by you. And then when those two come together and, and we're walking in step with Jesus, and I understand not every day of your life you're going to walk perfectly in step with Jesus. I don't walk perfectly in step with Jesus every day, but there are moments that I walk perfectly in step with the Holy Spirit and perfectly in step with Jesus. And the Bible says that when we do that, Jesus said, remember, you're going to come to me and you're going to find rest. Why? Because you're able to carry a much heavier load because it's not in your strength it's in his strength it's in his wisdom it's in his understanding but we fight this if I'm just being honest we fight it and we don't necessarily always want to get into agreement with God and how he thinks you know it's funny uh, a few weeks ago I paid for something uh, with our debit card. And um, Luke, our little one, somehow understood the word credit card. And he said, Daddy, did you use your credit card? And I said, no, I actually used my debit card. And you can't really help a five-year-old understand that. Not even that he understood what a credit card was. He just knows that this thing, you swipe it and, and you buy stuff and then he receives something. But he's heard the word credit card. And it's interesting the perspective between a debit card and a credit card, they look both the same and they can both give you the ability to buy things and the power to, to receive more. But one is really in alignment with how God desires for us to live and one is outside of God's plans and desires. The Bible says that we're a slave to the lender, meaning that when we choose to use credit, in a way that isn't beneficial for our lives, we're actually stepping outside of God's best for our life. We all want more. I want more. Everybody wants more. And I really, truly believe that God desires for all of us to have more. He wants you to be blessed to be a blessing. If Elevate Church isn't blessed, we can't bless the world. If I'm not blessed, I can't bless other people. We truly believe that God desires for everyone to be blessed but there is a process of learning God's ways and God's truth to be in alignment with how God sees finances and how God sees 
money and how God sees us using these things. And God desires for us to get into agreement with him, to be yoked with him. But sometimes this process can actually feel painful at first because it goes against culture. It goes against maybe what we saw somebody do when we were growing up with our family or our parents or a friend that, that showed us money in a different way. How about your job? Okay, let's take, let's take our job, all right? What is, what is God's desire? God's desire comes out of Colossians 3.23. It says this, Put your heart and soul into every activity you do, as though you were doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. See, I believe that God has a promised land in your career. I believe that God has a promised land for your job. I believe that God has a promised land for you to get to. But there's so many times, even in our current job, even in our current situations, we have bad attitudes. We're half-hearted. We don't show honor to those who do deserve honor, but we don't even show honor to those who don't deserve honor. Listen, there are going to be times that God's going to put you underneath somebody and, and he knows that it's a tough position, but he wants you to learn from that individual, but you have to be open to honor them. You have to be open to work hard for them. Philippians 2, verse 13 through 15 says this, for God is working in you to give you the desires and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. What is the word showing us? The word showing us that we can get into agreement with God. We can get to agreement with God about our job. We can get to agreement with God about finances. We can get into agreement with God about our marriage. We can get into agreement with God about raising our kids. We can get into agreement with God about any area of our life. And he said, I'll help you learn how to carry the load and learn how to live in victory. Or you can do it on your own. You can do it in your own strength. Point number three today is this. It works. God's ways works. Always works. John chapter 6, verse 5 through 11, it says this. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked him, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? It's the heart of God. He wants to take care of people. He wants to help people. He wants to bless people. This is always the heart of the Lord. Verse 6. He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Remember, we're talking today about the power of agreement and what can happen when we're in agreement with God, what he can do supernaturally. So Philip is only thinking through the natural and his ability and their ability. And the truth is in his ability and his limited thinking, he's thinking even if we did work for months, it wouldn't matter. We couldn't raise enough money. Look at all of these people. Then Andrew and Simon spoke up. Verse 9, they said this. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But the response is this. But what good is that 
with this huge crowd. I think so many times we look at the Word of God and we look at a verse and we go, yeah, that sounds good, but what good is that to me right now in my current situation? What good is that to me in my current dysfunction in my finances? What good is that to me in my current situation in my family? My kids are crazy. My marriage is falling apart. What good is that to me in the relationships that I'm struggling with in this life? What good is that to me in this moment? Verse 10, Jesus says, tell everybody to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slope. The men alone outnumbered 5,000, okay? And you have to understand in biblical days and times, they counted men and they didn't count the women, which I'm not saying is correct or right. It was just what happened in biblical times. And so that meant this, there was 5,000 men, but there was probably over 5,000 women. And then you had children on top of that. So we're talking about a massive group of people to feed. Verse 11. Then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks for them, and distributed them to the people. So we go from the disciples complaining about what they don't have to Jesus moving into a moment where he found somebody that does have something to offer. And he takes what this little boy is offering. What is he really doing? He's taking the faith of a child. And so often we get to this place that we grow up in life and we have so much wisdom and we have so much reason and we have so much understanding and we search the internet and we search out people that we trust and we look at their wisdom and we look at their understanding. We're trying to gather all the information and we're trying to gather all the wisdom and all the thoughts that we can think and we lose simple faith. And there was a child that had faith that just said, hey, I have a few loaves of bread and I got a couple of fish and if you want to use them, you can use them. So Jesus takes this child's faith because it's not what the child is giving Jesus. What pleases the Lord? Faith pleases the Lord. So the child's giving God the correct ingredient, okay? The child is doing what? The child is saying, I'm coming into a place of agreement with you, Jesus, by what? By means, by wisdom, by understanding? No, by faith. He's stepping into the realm of faith where God can do something miraculous. God can change the math system. God can do something new, something fresh, something different, and bring a miracle. So verse 11, Jesus took the loaves, and he gave thanks to God. And he says he distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he, Jesus, did the same thing with the fish. Jesus takes these two little fish, and he thanks God for them, and he gives it out. And the Bible says this, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Matt, you can 
play that music. The thing that I love about God is this. God doesn't care who you are. God doesn't care where you come from. God doesn't care if you grew up rich or if you grew up poor. God doesn't care about what kind of degree you have or if you have no degree or if you have a degree of life. <coughs> doesn't matter. God doesn't care what your job is, your family, your friends, or who you know. God doesn't care if you think you're a good person or a bad person. <coughs> All God really cares about is what? Are you in agreement with me? What God cared about was that there was one boy that agreed in faith. And he took the little that he had. I mean, his mom probably packed him this lunch. It might have been a lot for him, but it's not a lot for many. But Jesus found one. And I love that in that story, there's probably, I don't know, fifteen to 20,000 people there, right? You got 5,000 men. You got women. You got children. You have the disciples. So we got a huge crowd. I mean, think about this. Think about if we packed out an arena full of people. Jesus is the main speaker at the arena that night. And Jesus, in this arena, in this moment, <coughs> finds one, finds one that he's in agreement with. But it only took one to be in agreement with him. But there's something amazing that happens when we surrender our life. And we surrender our will, our thoughts, our emotions to Jesus, and we bend our knee, we bow to him, and just simply tell him, I'm in agreement with you, and I trust you. So I want you to write down five things today as we close. Two questions and three prayers. Two things to ask God and three things to pray about. First question is this. You ask the Holy Spirit, reveal in the places in my life that I'm not in agreement with you. Ask the Holy Spirit a question. Say, hey, Holy Spirit, are there some areas in my life that I'm not bending my knee? I'm not in surrenderance. I'm not in agreement with you. Second thing, question is this. How fast can you get into agreement? I had an amazing mentor. His name was Taka. And I remember one time, me and him, we were out at lunch and we were talking about God and talking about the kingdom of God and the things of God. And I remember he told me this one time. He said, you can go as fast as you want with God or you can go as slow as you want with God. 
What was he saying? How fast can you get your life into agreement with the word of God and how God thinks? You can go really fast or you can go really slow. It's your choice. He gives you the choice. He's not pushing himself on you. The Holy Spirit will never push himself on you. The Holy Spirit is just waiting for this moment where you go, yes, I want more and I need to be in agreement. So three things we can pray. First thing is this. We ask God to forgive us for areas that we've been in disagreement with him. Maybe it's a lie that we've chosen to believe that the enemy has played over and over again in our life. Maybe it's just something blatantly that we see the word of God and we don't like it because it doesn't fit culture or it doesn't fit inside of your budget or it doesn't fit inside of your perception of how God works and how God thinks. And you've just blatantly been in disagreement and you just have to ask God, hey God, I'm sorry. I bend my knee to you. I choose to put you first in my life. The second thing you can pray is this. Ask God to reveal this to you, but to also reveal it to your family. Sometimes God reveals something to me, but I need him to also reveal it to my wife. I need him to reveal it to my family. So again, so what? We can be unified. We can be in agreement together as a household, in agreement together as a family, all together believing, trusting God for the exact same thing. The third thing is this. Asking God to help you with his grace to be in agreement, to be yoked with him. See, the word says this, it's not by might nor by strength, but by the power of God. Grace of God meaning this, strength you can't earn, you can't buy, just God's goodness. It's just God's love. It's just God himself going, listen, I know you're a human. I know that you're just made of dust. I know that your life is fragile, and I know that you're emotional, and I know that you go up and you go down, and you have good days and you have bad days, and God goes, I want to get into the middle of it, and I actually want to give you help. I want to give you strength. I want you to operate not in your strength. I'll never forget, I was praying once about my marriage and I was praying about my relationship. And I knew that I was struggling with how I responded to Jess, how my voice tones responded to her, how I verbally responded to her. And I knew that it meant the world to her when I responded right and it also destroyed her when I spoke to her wrong. And I remember the Holy Spirit just going, I can help you in those moments. My grace can help you. My strength can help you. If you allow me, if you join your life to me, if you allow me to lead you, I'll help you. The Lord's wanting and the Lord is willing to help us in all situations and circumstances. It's just about trusting him. So come on, let's pray today and let's trust the Lord and let's ask the Lord to help us be unified and in agreement with him. Father, we love you. We thank you for your supernatural grace, your power. We thank you for your life. 
We thank you for your strength. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come, speak to us, show us areas that we're not in agreement, show us areas that we're actually in disobedience to the word of God. Lord, show us areas that we can come into agreement so that your supernatural life and power and grace can abound to us and you can strengthen us and you can help us. Lord, we take our burdens, we take our worries, we take our concerns and we give them to you. We ask, Lord, for your wisdom. The word says if we, last, if we lack wisdom, just to ask for it. So, Father, we come to you, we ask for your wisdom, your thoughts, your grace. Lord, we join our lives to you today and we love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Well, Again, happy 4th of July weekend. We hope you've had a blessed weekend. I hope that this message encouraged you. I hope this message uh, brings you closer to Jesus. I hope that it's helped you to put some things in perspective and to trust the Lord. Remember, next week we'll be live back where our dreamers room will be open and we'll have our full kids ministry available kids ministry. Uh, our elementary kids are actually doing summer Olympics. They're going to have some awesome, crazy, exciting games for your kids. Pastor Matt's going to be speaking. It's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend that you will not want to miss. And also, don't forget, you can give online, elevate.city. You can text to give. You can mail in your giving, uh, however way you feel comfortable. We love you. We bless you. We hope you have just a tremendous week with the Lord. We love you. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.